0: Welcome to the Darren Batchelder's Multifamily Real Estate Investing Show, where we're all about creating wealth responsibly through multifamily real estate investing. I'm your host, Darren Batchelder, and today I have the pleasure of introducing a man who has taken a holistic approach to both health and wealth, Dr. Alex Tam. Dr. Tam is not only a successful chiropractor and clinical director of a medical practice but he has realized success in real estate investing. His journey has led him to help fellow entrepreneurs, especially those in the medical field, to grow their businesses and invest wisely to build generational wealth. But before we get started, if you're like the majority of high net worth individuals focused on preserving your capital and building your wealth in real estate, visit darrenbatchelder.com forward slash investor call and schedule your discovery call now. This episode is sponsored by Cashflow Portal, real estate syndication software that accelerates capital raising. I'm both an LP and a GP in many multifamily deals. I've used many different software applications for the capital raising process, and I like Cashflow Portal the most. I'm so confident in the software and the Cashflow Portal team that I've become an investor in the company. If you are a syndicator looking for a software platform, then let the Cashflow Portal team know that you heard about them on Darren's podcast and you will automatically receive three months off an annual contract. You can find the company at cashflowportal.com.
1: Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing. Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder.
0: Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Alex Tam. Alex, appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Darren, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So just a little bit on how we know each other. this is actually the first time that we're talking to each other. Alex is in the multifamily space, and he's a doctor. So I'm curious to hear, one, how he got into it and how he's helping other people in the, um, in the health
1: industry as well. So
0: with that, can you start by sharing how many properties and how many units you're invested in?
1: Yeah, JV and GP, over about 200 units. And uh, LP, it's, I don't even know how to count how many units in the, as an LP. It's got to be in the thousands, but I'm a you know, small owner, so I don't like to count those as much. I know. It's, it,
0: it's funny because in this, in this world, like when I, I got involved about five years ago and I was like, everybody talks in units. Like as an LP, you can invest 50 grand or 100 grand into a deal. Yeah. And it's got 50 units or it's got 500 units and you're investing mm-hmm. the same amount of money. In it, but it's, it's funny how people talk with that lingo. So, hey, help us understand your background. You're a doctor. What type of
1: doctor are you and how did you get involved in real estate? So I'm a chiropractor and I run an integrative medical practice in California. So... Um, ultimately I got into it because in 2018, I went to a Grant Cardone conference, one of his 10 X conferences. And from there he was talking about syndications. And at the time I had no idea what a syndication ever was. He's like, Hey, those of you guys who are making income, don't just put it in the bank and get like half a percent, right? Put it in real estate or find some sort of investment vehicle. And that's how I started my real estate journey. I started investing as an LP, did that for four years from 18, 19, 20, and 21, was only an LP. And during those times, a lot of friends were asking me what I was doing as a limited partner. And as a limited partner, I just knew enough to show them the website, right? Oh, here's a Cardone's website, here's a Ashcroft's website, and, and whatnot. And Every time I see them, they would just come back and be like, oh yeah, we checked it out. We're just not sure about it. And I didn't feel like I knew enough to steer them one way or another, right? Because I was just limited partner. I didn't know as much as I do now. So then I got the education, um, joined Jake and Gino, and joined the MIH Mastermind. And now we're very well-educated, understand underwriting. Right. Understand how management, asset management, understand how financing works so I can clearly share and educate my friends and who are other doctors, friends and family about real estate investing now, now that we've been doing it actively for over two years.
0: That's awesome. You know, I think that that's a path that a lot of people go through when they first get involved, like yourself. It was really about you. About your, right. your family's money and how, how to invest your money and how to grow your wealth. And then I, I kind of talk about the ripple effect is like, as, as you gain more knowledge and more people in your network understand that you're doing something that's different than they are, and you're having positive results, then they want to learn from you because they
1: know you. Right. Right. Absolutely.
0: So, Absolutely. you know, I think that's, that's something that's important. like the people that you're telling, you know, you're educating, those same people three, four, five years from now may be helping their network, you know, their cousins, their aunt, their uncle, their, their colleagues, and you don't even realize the impact it can have. So, you know, I think that um, getting out and letting other people know, you know, what you've done. And what you're doing um, is very important.
1: Yeah, no, I agree,
0: 100%. So, what now that you've got the education? How do you go out and and let other people know, or do you just wait until they come to you?
1: Well, ultimately, is I try to use social media, leverage that as much as possible. Right? I have a virtual assistant team. You know, ten about ten virtual assistants work for me full time. So they do a lot of social media. They work on the business, different businesses, the office, the virtual assistant agency business, the real estate. And we host seminars, um, webinars on a monthly basis, my team and I. And we bring specialists in to talk about how investing actually works, right? Putting out content, blogs, um, everything. So continuously to educate myself, going to different conferences, meeting other investors and going to meetups. So that's how we uh, ultimately get investors into our deals.
0: That's awesome. So of those avenues, where do you see, um, you know, more people coming in Um, and, Mm -hmm. and more people, I think that people probably have different needs at, you know, coming in from different channels. Some people, that already know you, they already, they already know you and trust you. They're just trying to understand, you know, how does this work and how does it mm-hmm. work for them? Other people that maybe didn't know you at all, but, you know, see something on social media or um, sign up for a webinar, they are, they're trying to get educated, but they're also trying to,
1: you know, feel comfortable with you. Absolutely. I think before people need to know about the deal... They have to learn about the sponsors and the people first, right? This is a people relationship um, business. It's not just only on the numbers. And when you ask, you know, what works best for me, I would say that for the people that I already know, once I know them, we're friends on Facebook, LinkedIn, and whatnot, they continuously see the things that I post, right? So they're continuously getting reeducated which is great, the educational content. But for people who have never met us, the webinars that we put out where people can invite friends or when I go to meetups and uh, real estate, you know, big seminars, those are places that we really get to meet people, you know. And it works both ways. The doctors, when I go to doctor conferences, a lot of them talk to me about real estate. Because they know that you're, you're into real estate they know that I'm into real estate. You know, we already understand what each other does in health, but they end up talking to me about real estate. And it's funny enough, when I go to real estate conferences, people who are in real estate already that know who I am, they end up asking me about their health. So <laughs> that's It's great. like flip-flopped, right? That's, that's great. That's great. Um,
0: tell, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I've, I, ha- I have on social media. There, there are some people in my network that, maybe never commented or liked one social media post, but then all of a sudden I'm out on the golf course or I see him at a, at a restaurant and they're like, Hey, Darren, man, I want to, I see you in real estate. I see what, see, what you've been doing. Um, I want to get into your next deal. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't even know that they had any interest at all. Right. You know? And right. then all of a sudden, So, you know, I think that that's, that's important. The other thing is um, I have people that reach out to me and I want your feedback to them. Um, Some people wait, they, they're like, you know what? I'm going to wait until I get my own deal, my own. I'm going to wait until I go full cycle on a deal. I'm going to wait until, you know, and they keep, kicking the can down the road, but I'm a believer that there's some people that, you know, value the experience of working with somebody like a Grant Cardone, and there's other people that want to learn from somebody that is closer to them, that they know yes. more personally,
1: and that may be newer to the industry. Right, right. There's different kinds of people, no doubt. It depends on the, the, the level of trust that they have with you right? The people I feel like who already knows you from either another industry, okay, they, they, they already know you're good in doing that, right? Right. Then they translate that in, well, if he did, like, we run a very successful medical integrated practice. Other doctors who know what I do understands that we're very organized in what I do. Our team is very solid in what we do. And I'm a true believer in how you do anything is how you do everything, everything. <laughs> right? right? So I, I believe that 100%. So I think that other doctors who see what we're doing, because they see how well we're doing in our practice, right? And how transparent we are when we're at seminars. And they knew me even from before we got into real estate. By the time this stuff pops up in real estate, they're just like, well, Alex, I see that you're in real estate. Let me, um, what's the minimum, you know? And that's it. They, they they trust that we've done our due diligence. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we have to do our due diligence and make sure that the investor's money, it's being, you know, that it's in the right place. Absolutely. That we have to be very involved as well.
0: So they they look at, the transfer of skills that you, you've got, you've proven the skill sets over here. And most likely there's a high likelihood that they're going he's going to be able to bring it over into this realm as well. So. Exactly. Um, of your investors, what percentage wise off the cuff would you say are our do- other doctors versus just other high net worth individuals that get involved?
1: I'll say a majority of them. 70 to 80% of them are other doctors. Yeah. And it's just, that's who has been within my network for 15 years. It 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 makes sense. Yeah. These are the people we talk to. These are the people that we see at conferences, you know, all over the U.S. three, four times a year, right? So it it just makes sense that those are the people that invest with us.
0: Have you seen where... One doctor invests with you, they have a positive experience, and then other doctors go to that person as a referral. And then all of a sudden, another one and another one comes because of the experience that's, that one that's had. That's
1: usually how it goes, you know, is they end up talking to each other. Hey, I just invested in this. And when they first invest in a deal, that's usually the time when we're most excited, right? Right. Within the first 30 days, you start telling everyone about it. And right after it closes, they're excited about it. And they get re-excited again when the distributions come. Right. It's like, oh, okay, this is, this is working. right? So we do see an influx of people that come to us the moment we close a deal. And they start telling their friends. And then also another influx when distributions Usually starts happening, right? That makes sense. And, uh, yeah. Then they reach out to me. We become friends on Facebook, and then now the whole the whole cycle starts again. Oh wow, he's posting stuff, and he's educating. He's on a podcast and different things. So that's uh, it, that's that's how it works.
0: That's that's huge. Yeah, I had another syndicator that said that they had one person that referred nine other investors.
1: Wow, that's huge.
0: Yeah, one individual you know and had a positive experience and then over time you know over multiple deals they've had nine other people come from that one person yeah that's pretty amazing and Um,
1: especially if you have an investor who is also an influencer within their group right right within their friends like if you have Mm. a high net worth or a doctor who's really good at what they do invest with you and there's other people other doctors that look up to that doctor in the doctor world, you're way more likely to get other people involved now as well, no doubt. I mean, we see it in, uh, I imagine it works in any field, right? Dental field, attorney field, right? When one person does something and they're good at what they do, other people are gonna start following suit as well.
0: That, that makes sense. Now you, you said the doctor world, so um, I've had, number of other doctors on, and they've explained to me that, and I want to get your take on it, that a lot of doctors, they're very good at their field, and they want to spend their time reading and, and learning about their field. So they, they spend less time focused on financial, uh,
1: you know, what they should do with their money. and right. Do you find that to be the case? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, to be a doctor, you would have spent countless years just getting the the degree, right? And there's all the require re-education. New things always pop up, right, in health. So we do spend a lot of time doing that. So most doctors are not very financially uh, educated on what they should do or what they could do. What are the options even right. out there? And to tell them about multifamily, when I first started, they are like, wow, really? I never even thought about that. I, I didn't think I can own that, right? Yeah, you could be a part owner in this. Oh, I didn't know it was possible. And I don't have to do anything. That's what blew me away, Darren, right. is like when I, I had single family homes before, right? That we rented out as rentals, but I was so involved. I was self-managing, I couldn't see myself just for, you know, a, a $100, $200 a month, see myself going places and trying to figure things out. And to realize I could put the same money I put as my down payment towards a syndication and for me not to even think about it and cash flow comes in, that was more than me working for it. It was ridiculous.
0: That's I had the same thing. So five years ago, getting involved, I'm like, "Holy cow, this is like a secret world, right?" Like you, yeah. And that, and that's the thing is, is you have to know somebody that's in it in order to get invited into these exactly. deals, you know. So um, that's all of a sudden, you know, the role of you and myself and other people is to get the word out so other people can get involved. Um, you know, having said that, you know, today is a little bit different than. Two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, um, I'm in a lot of deals, both as an LP and a GP. And I've had a lot of deals where distributions have just stopped, you know, mm. that and, you know, there's there's challenges with increasing interest rates and higher insurance costs and and all the like. So, um, you know, maybe talk about the existing climate, you know, compared to when we got involved three, four five years ago.
1: Yeah, well, three, four, five years ago, it was like, you just put money in and it's going to go up, right? You don't even have to operate it well. You didn't know and- that
0: the first time though, right? <laughs> right? The first, time you inve- exactly. the first time you invested, you didn't know that it was going to do that, right? Yeah. But it did.
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. And I believe right now, it's, it's the, the, the era and the year of operations, right? It should have been the whole time. Operations, but we have seen you and I both have seen syndicators and people who maybe have bought too much and did not operate well uh, do a lot of you know not just capital calls but foreclosures, right? So that happens in time, and my take is right now people there are less uh, it's it's starting to climb back up the amount of deal flows. Okay, that has dropped in the earlier part of the year. But right now, we're looking at different you know, markets. You don't always just find it in primary markets, maybe secondary, tertiary markets, if you can find them. And if it makes sense, there's deal, still a de- lot of deals out there that even with the high interest rate can make sense.
0: So talk about that. What markets do you look at? And then based on the current environment, how have you shifted to, to other markets?
1: Well, before, you know, Dallas and Phoenix was very popular, right? But we've seen the rents shift in some of those markets where they've either plateaued or even some declined. And as you look further, you have, you know, Cincinnati is a good market that we love. We love the Nebraska market, Omaha, Lincoln, right? Um, Indianapolis, these are still very good cash flowing markets, not as your you know, big MSAs like New York or California or, you know, Miami, but they are still good deals in these areas. And you, whether it's you, you know, seller selling one, or maybe there's some form of uh, loan assumption that can be done, you know, you can still find good deals out there.
0: So talk about what you think what you consider, you know, a good deal versus not good deal. Like, so I have people that tell me, Hey, Darren, man, I got this deal and tells me I have this return. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I get a lot of deals in my inbox and almost every deal has the same return profile, you know, it's going to double your money in five years, you know, 1.8 to 2.2, you know, um, equity multiple. So they're like, well, how do you know which one is, is good and which one's yeah.
1: not? I think part of it is you have to understand the location. You have to know the underwriting, right? Um, you got to know the performa. Like how, how's their performa written? You know, if, and then what are they comparing it to? I've, I've looked at deals recently where they're underwriting deals where rent is going to go up, say, 4 to 6% every year. They're underwriting it like that, right? And when they underwrite it like that, of course. Yes. You're underwriting it as if rents are still going to climb 4 to 6% in that specific location. Is that true? Well, not if the average in that area is only going up by 1.9%. Right. How do you justify the 4 to 6? That is something that I've seen underwriters have done. Another thing that I have seen is they believe, some underwriters believe that they can buy it and all of a sudden jack up the rent Right, all, all, all like, the units, every unit, all the units, right. like immediately. Hey, the seller doesn't like money. <laughs> we're just going to raise rents, right? right. Okay, we're going to go in and raise rents without doing any value add. And I said, well, "What? How do you justify you just raising rents going in?" Well, you know, um, this apartment over here, Cold Star pull comps on it, and it's at this one, and it's like, wait, you're purchasing a twenty-five, you know. 35 unit that has no amenities, no pool, no gym. Okay. No clubhouse. You're rent. You're running rent comps against a 300 unit who has a dog park, a pool, a clubhouse, a gym. And and they're like a class B plus a minus. You're telling me you could turn this C into a B and, and run the same rents as them. Right or or try to raise it automatically just because they're a few blocks away, but they're co- oh they're in the area, but they're completely different. Your two bedroom one bath is different. than Their two bedroom one bath.
0: Yeah, that's that that's happening. That's it's happening. That that's right? happening where people and and if you're not educated, then you know you can fall into that. So you earlier right. you talked about you know the people you know I think that. From, from my perspective, you know, the market is very important. And then, you know, who's strong in, the, in that market? The people, what's their track record? Um, do you know them? Do you like them? Do you trust them? How do they, how do they underwrite? What Are they conservative? Everybody says they're conservative.
1: Everybody. Everybody. I've never met someone right. that came out there and says, you right. know what? I am, I am not conservative right. Right. at <laughs> all. I am, I am very aggressive. Everybody <laughs> says that they're conservative.
0: Um, but, you know, I like that you're looking at some of these other markets. You know, I, I've never looked at um, Cincy, Nebraska, Indianapolis, you know, but, but it's true that, you know, some of the markets in the country got most of the press because, one, rents were, were above. So maybe the underwriters, they underwrote 3%, but rents were going up by 10 or 12%. Right. You know, so that's where the, the easy money came from. Um, they you know they were able to really bring in a lot of extra income because they weren't even expecting that uh to be right. the case so now that things have cooled off, you know the other thing is that there's a you know in the space of of multifamily or commercial real estate multifamily real estate there's leverage you're typically getting a loan for sixty to seventy you know percent of the deal and in a normal environment, you're going to have a positive spread between mm. the interest rate and the cap rate. So what do I mean by that? Well, you know, the interest rate may be 5%, but then the cap rate is 6%. So on 70% of the deal, you're automatically getting a 1% spread that's coming into the property. And, right. and now it's reversed. So interest yeah. rates are higher than the cap rate. So what does that mean? That means that the operator actually has to improve the property to a certain level just to break mm-hmm. even for that spread.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're, we're seeing that. And if the operator, and this is where the operation matters more uh, than it did before, right? It's all operation. That's why it's so operationally heavy and people have to look at the operators right now. And one of the things that I talk about, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, they say, well, this, this operator says that. I said, yeah, that's great. Do they have something similar that they have done in the same area close by? Have they taken a similar property? Do the upgrades value add? And can they show you that they've increased the rents by this much? Right. Like, do they have the capability of doing that? That's a, that's a great point. Not everyone does. Right. If someone goes into a brand new market, they don't know who the contractors are. Right. They don't know who the handyman's are. They don't have a maintenance guy. They're third party managed. They're brand new. Right. Third party manage can be great. But if you're 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 a new kid on the block, you know, and you have you don't know if you've done this before. See. That's so, that's a
0: great great point. I mean, just about the the vendors. You know, I am in one deal that's in a in a very a much smaller market, and um, most of my deals are in large markets. And one of the things that I underestimated getting involved in that deal was the quality of the people that you can hire. You know, both for on-site management, for maintenance, right. for um, Vendors to come in and do rehab, you know, you know, if, if something is, is broken down, it needs to be fixed that, you know, it can't be handled by your on-site, so all those things you take for granted in a large market that there's mm-hmm. 10 different companies you can call. Right. And then in a smaller market, you know, you have limited choices and the quality
1: yeah. may not be as good. Absolutely. Because they know you have limited choices. Right. So their quality doesn't have to be good because you're going to use us no matter what, right? Especially if you're not from the local area. You don't know, you see. Um, I like a lot of operators. I, I like working with operators also who are vertically integrated. I think vertically integrating is huge.
0: So define what you would characterize as vertically integrated.
1: Yeah, vertically integrated means that the main operator has properties in the area that they also self manage, that they have a team, they have property managers, they have maintenance guys, right? They have contractors that is part of the team who can do turns. You can control a lot more when you have your own team, yeah. right? Rather than utilizing a third party manager. And some of the deals that we get in, people wonder, wow, how come the returns are, how, could, how come your returns are better you know, on some of these? Right well, as we explain to them, well, it's because we internally manage. We don't because we already have teams in the area. We don't have to charge a third-party management fee that everyone charges. We can charge a lower fee because it costs us less.
0: That's, that's right. It's it's control. I mean, I've I've had a lot of syndicators tell me that uh, around thousand units. When you're managing thousand units or more, then it starts to become more of a um, an advantage to take over the property management versus having a third-party property manager. So when you're, and that's just a rough cutoff, you know that I've yeah. that I've heard. But and know, it could be less if it's in the same area, right? If it's in the same area, mm-hmm. it could be less. So um, what I have also heard is that it's not a huge money maker for for a lot of these sponsors by having the vertically integrated uh, property management. But it gives them the control.
1: That's it. It's the control more than anything. Right. When you can control the quality of your staff, they have the core values, they know what they're doing, instead of going through a middleman, right? It, it, makes, it changes everything. You can, you can go from s- that, that idea to the speed of execution greatly shortened. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Lot, so
0: a number of different areas people can take advantage of that. Like, so for myself, I, my first syndication was a 76 unit and I had a lot of other sponsors telling me, Hey, Darren, man, when, when this thing closes, you're going to end up having, you know, a lot more, you know, vacancy. You're going to have people that are going to leave. And I'm I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Right. You know, it's not going to happen with me, not with my property. And sure enough, it did. Um, So all of a sudden I was like, holy cow, we bought it, you know, in the mid 90s. And then all of a sudden we're in the 80s, you know, um, occupancy wise. Now Mm -hmm. we had a third party property manager that had a lot of properties that they were managing. And so I went to them and said, hey, how can we fix this? They brought, you know, maintenance people from other properties over and we turned the units really fast and we're able to, it actually helped us because we were able to get higher revenues earlier in the year. But, you know, if we, you know, we're, all, we're stuck with having to go out and hire a third-party vendor or find another employee. Um, so that's an advantage is if you were vertically integrated and you could just take, you know, maintenance people from another property. Mm-hmm. And you could almost plan for that
1: knowing. Yeah, you plan for you it. You know, you'd be like, hey, this team is going to be done over here. Yeah. And in two weeks, when we take this over, boom, you guys are over there. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, other, also you might
0: have a rock star that is really good at lease up, you know. Um, and maybe you have that person go, you know, help out the first few weeks, you know, um, to, to help train the, the person on site so that you, they know what they're doing in the lease up phase versus a stabilized property.
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent.
0: So, um, why real estate? Like, you know, as a doctor, you probably get called on by stockbrokers, you know, oil and gas, real estate, like yeah, doc- financial planners, financial planners, <laughs> like, as you know, so doctors, why do doctors get called? Because they get paid pretty well. So they should have extra money to to invest. That's why you get all these doctors are getting called on. But you, there's a lot of different opportunities. We already talked about the doctors are spending their time educating themselves on their field. So, how did you pick real estate? So, sounds like you started with single family and then
1: you yeah, grew into I, I started with single family thinking that, hey, this is what, you know, I've read some books and it's like, wow, people build their wealth in real estate, tax advantages in real estate, gas and oil, right? And, I said, okay, I don't know anything or know anyone who knows gas and oil. But I know some people who have done real estate. My mom bought a house. We've purchased homes, right? And I said, how, how hard could it be? And I tell you, going into it, single-family homes was harder than I thought. See, <laughs> it was a little bit more work than I thought. Sure. Right? Eh. But I, I, I really like the fact that it's something tangible for me, I can see it, right? It's not just a piece of paper where if all of a sudden everyone else decides to sell, it just drops and sure. tanks, right? And it's something that people need a place to live, right? We need food, clothing, and a place to live. Yeah. Okay. And this is this is something that um, I realized it could be a long play for me. And when I realized that there were on top of that, Darren, tax benefits, right? Massive I mean,
0: tax benefits.
1: Massive. Once I learned about that, oh, sign me up. I, I, I didn't even know that was, a th- that was a thing. I went in going thinking, oh, 6 to 7%. I was good with that, right? I didn't even know what IRR meant. Oh, Which, is okay. Which is okay. Which is
0: okay. Is like, you know, everybody... I didn't know all that stuff either. And like, you learn little by little, right? And look, there's there's people in the oil and gas field. I'm, I'm actually meeting with somebody from from my men's Bible study tomorrow morning for coffee. He is an oil and gas guy. And I'm like, I don't understand it. Like, let's, you know, can you, can you talk me through it? Um, you know, I always have this thought in my head that like, you're going to drill and it's like, all of a sudden it's dry well and you lost everything. I, you know, even if you get a hundred percent tax write-off, I don't want to lose it. You know, it makes more sense to me. The real estate, like you said, you could drive up to it. Um, but knowledge is the first, the first mm. piece. And I, I think um, knowledge and accountability. You know, for I'm 53 and I got involved like five years ago. But up until that point in time, you know, I had put all my money, 10, 20 percent away each each year, and put it into stocks and Mutual funds and ETFs, and mm-hmm. because that's the way I was trained, that's what I was told to do. But when I put my money over there, whether it was a four hundred one k or or a IRA or whatever wherever the case it may be, I kind of just put it over there and expected somebody else to to, mm. do, to do it. Right. And what I've come to believe is that you know each one of us is accountable for our own money. And we need to actually understand where we're investing our money and not Eesh. just, not just give it to a financial advisor and forget, you know, not just right. give it to, you know, Hey, I know this guy in real estate and I'm just going to give it to him. You get it. You have to spend some time to get to understand and do a little bit of due diligence. Um, so in any anyway, event, that's, that's my two cents on it. Um,
1: I agree. You agree. I agree. People, people should get educated in it, right? They should read books and they should watch videos. They should listen to your podcasts, And because you don't know what you don't know, right? Especially when it's not something that you have studied and um, learned, right? You didn't go most people, professionals who get into real estate didn't go to school for this. Right? So, I believe I had to get educated because I knew compared to people who were doing it full time, I was already behind. Right. And I, that's why I needed to get educated.
0: Right. And then, but then you're so much further ahead than all these other people that don't even know about it where we were, right. You know, four or five years ago. Right. right. So, um, and it's not that complicated when you, when you think about it, it's, you know, rent coming in, you're paying out expenses, you know, what are your expenses? You've got payroll, you've got, you know, maintenance to clean up the property and to turn the units. Mm-hmm. You've got insurance, you've got property mm-hmm. taxes, and then that's your net operating income. And then from that net operating income, you're going to pay your, your debt and then anything left over is going to be distributions. So, yeah. you know, when you start to, to learn that, um, then you can look at these different opportunities and say, you know, does this make sense? Do the assumptions that they're putting in this business plan make sense? And, you know, is this something I want to get involved in? And look, I've passed on deals that have crushed it and I've invested in deals that have struggled. So like, yeah. you know, even, you know, even with the education, you still don't, you know, hit it 100% of the time, but, but I'm right. so glad that I took action. So glad that I took
1: action. That's the key thing is you just gotta, you just gotta take action, right? You you could sit on the sidelines all day long and not take action. And that's not, that's not good either.
0: (laughs) No, absolutely not. I know, I know this one sponsor and he would say like, I've got, I know this guy and he he, every year he would tell me, you know, I think the market's going to crash. I'm going to wait until it does. And then I'm going to get in and like 10, 15 years has gone by and, he hasn't gotten in, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he's like, I don't think he's ever going to invest, you know, and, and that's his prerogative. He doesn't have to, but, you know, it's, it's the ability, when you see other people, you know, building their wealth, at some point you got to pull the trigger to get involved.
1: Right. No, 100% because when you, and it's, it's one thing if you never learned right? And if you never educated yourself, it's another where you have done some form of education and you still don't do anything with it. Right. All right. Knowledge is only powerful if you put it into action. That's, that's Without action, forget it. I mean, all the knowledge. I'm sure you know people like that. I know people like that who just read, 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 watch, 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 and they can talk about it, but they haven't done anything with it. Right. And it's like, well, you're not, you should stop giving advice because you haven't done anything with what you've learned.
0: It's so true. There's so many people out there like that. So now you work. Now, what's the role with you and your wife? So your wife is involved in the business as well, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. She's heavily involved in asset management. Okay. So, so, so she handles sure. the
0: asset management. So w- once the deal closes, she's the one that's kind of running the, you know, the operations
1: yeah. She does a lot of the operations, yeah. the day-to-day meeting with the main operators. Uh, we help out with marketing, right? Because of the virtual assistant agency team that we have, we specialize in marketing flyers, uh, putting together pitch decks and whatnot. So we we we're pretty strong in that. That's a big team. Is that ten full-time VAs? Yeah, that worked for me specifically.
0: That that's a big VA team.
1: Yeah, that's a good-sized team. Yeah. Good-sized team. That's a very yeah. good-sized team.
0: Uh, You know, where do you go from here? What's your, what's your next kind of, what's your stretch goal? What do, what are you focused on? Obviously the medical field, but on the real estate side, what do you, you know, what's your focus? Uh,
1: I would say that the biggest focus is continuously educating doctors on what to do in terms of letting them know what, what there is to offer in real estate. Right. Uh, That's, that's a, that's a big thing. That's always going to be a big thing for me. Um, we're also hiring other doctors so I can be less working in the office, but more on the office and then potentially opening a second practice. There is no doubt that me being really good and our team being, being really good at what we do is helping us attract other doctors because they do see, you know, how we do anything is how we do everything. So meeting with good sponsors and good operators, taking the time to vet them right? It's really key. So that's huge. You know, like when,
0: you know, for a lot of people that are not in the health field, it's about education Mm -hmm. and, you know, but when I think of doctors, I think of like, that's their field is helping people, helping people get healthy, you know, helping people, um, you know, in a lot of times it's, you know, in difficult situations. And then you're taking it a step further where not only are you focused on the health, but also how do I help their financial health, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now you've, you're helping on two different components of, of a person's yeah. life, which is pretty amazing.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, I see how what we had to go through and how lost we were, uh, the financial illiteracy that we had, even though we had a successful practice. We didn't know what to do. Financially, So all, what I'm trying to do is helping the person who's in the same shoe as I was six, seven years ago and say, hey, this is what I've done and this is, this is something you could do too. Here's another option for you. My job is not to help them make a decision, it's to make sure that they get educated on the options that they have so that they're not, they don't feel like they have to have one option. Right. Like Vanguard's not your only option, right, buddy. Right, right. <laughs> Just want to make sure you know. Right, exactly.
0: Well, that, that's right. fantastic. Well, Alex, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing with everybody. Um, I wish you much success and, and all, everybody in your network. Uh, listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that one. Hey, if people want to get to know you better, like where should where should I point them? Where, where can they go to find out more information about you?
1: Yeah, they can find me on Facebook. They can text me, 775-717-0090. I'm also very active on LinkedIn, Instagram, pretty much all the different platforms. You hit us up on there, either me or one of my VAs will get back to you.
0: Fantastic.
1: And you, do you have a website also? Yeah, absolutely. It's called ZephyrEquityTeam.com. Um,
0: Fantastic. It's Z E P H Y R E Q U I T
1: Y Z E P H Y R, Zephyr Equity, Zephyr Equity Group, yep. actually. Dot com. Yep. com. Fantastic. Well, yeah.
0: Alex, appreciate you coming on. Listeners, I hope they enjoyed that one. Until next week, signing off.
1: Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at DarrenBatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.